Welcome to Why Not Us Podcast. It's your homie KJ. Today we have Jerry, a woman cultivator, a creative mind, and a great human. Today she will be putting us up on some game about her businesses and educating us. Thank you for coming to the platform. How you doing? Good morning. Appreciate you having me. No doubt, no doubt. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Um, it's the weekend. Got a lot going on, but... Yeah, I'm feeling good today. How about yourself? Doing well. I can't complain. I'm glad to have you up here. I'm ready to have this whole conversation. Like, I've been hella hype. <laughs> now I'm See looking you. forward to it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, um, I'm, I'm down to, you know, answer whatever, discuss whatever that kind of follows, like you said, my background of, like, cultivation, my businesses. So, um, yeah, just just ask whatever you want. And I'm, I'm, I'm an open book, you know. How did you get into uh, wanting to, you know, grow um, weed and everything like that? Like, how did you get into that? Uh, so I remember, I don't know how old I was, but I definitely was still in high school. Um, I was at my grandmother's house, who's not with us anymore, so rest in peace to her. But uh, my grandma's house with my cousin. And I remember she wasn't feeling well. Like she was just kind of laid out on the couch, kind of complaining. She won't eat and nothing. And literally like I smoked a blunt of some, and I have it tattooed on me because of this, but like a blue dream nug, I smoked with my grandma and literally saw her like get up moving, feeling better. Her appetite was okay. Like all from her just kind of smoking. And before then, because I was so young, I mean, I was smoking, but I didn't know why, if that makes sense. Whereas, like, that helped me see, like, the medicinal properties of the plant right then and there. So I would say within, like, a few years after that, I happened to go to a friend's house. And he had a whole room of, like, plants that he had secretly been growing. And, I mean, this is way, like, 10 years ago. So it wasn't talked about the way it is now. So he also introduced the plant to me physically, which kind of tied into like, you know, the experience I had with my grandmother and between, you know, seeing it help her and then seeing him like, you know, you know, cannabis don't exist without the growers, the cultivators, like without them, there's no market, no industry, no product that kind of clicked. And then growing up with my grandmother in her backyard, she grew collars, uh, you know, carrots, zucchini, made her own pickles like my granddad on my my dad's side same thing growing in his garden and stuff so I kind of grew up like gardening somewhat anyway because of my grandparents and then those two experiences from my homie who was growing and then my grandma is really what kind of like put it all together and I literally haven't like thought of or tried to do anything else since then anything else I did try like it wasn't I didn't have the same passion to do it like like I do for this. So, you know, 10 years later, <laughs> I'm still doing the same thing and just trying to, you know, I plan on doing this till I'm like 80. So that's kind of like my background story of how I, how I kind of got into everything. That's hella dope. <laughs> um, I have a cousin um, that suffers with chronic pain. Um, and she wanted me to ask you, uh, what would be a good strand uh, for someone that's going through chronic pain, what would be a good strain for them to try? 
Okay, so I won't give a specific strain name, and the reason is because there's more than one factor that goes into, like, your reaction to a certain strain. So, you know, your size, what time of day it is, how much food you've consumed, how uh, heavy of a consumer you are. So, you know, whether you do edibles versus smoking, that's two different type of reactions, whether you do concentrate such as like dabs and things that's going to be different than flour but what I can say is she would want something that's more on the like relaxing side which is usually known as like an indica but not exactly um there are different compounds in the plant known as terpenes which is what gives you the smell and the effect of the plant so if she would look into certain terpenes that help with um her pain relief, um, <clears throat> excuse me, certain, yeah, certain terpenes that will help with uh, pain relief can basically, she can kind of tailor her strains to that, if that makes sense. Um, and then some terpenes, let me think, um, what's the terpene in la lavender? Uh, give me a second, I'm trying to think. Linalool is one of them. There's uh, one called like myrcene. There's a terpene called caryophyllin, which is also found in black pepper, but that's also the main terpene in OG Kush. You know, there's one called pinene, which is in a lot of gassy, diesel-y strains, but it is also in, like, pine trees. So a lot of these compounds that are in cannabis are in, you know, everyday food and drinks and stuff like that, everyday plants. So if she tailors it more to the terpenes versus the strain, she's going to be able to find like better uh relief with what she's looking for so, so it's better go off of yeah a lot of people just go off names or hey it's an indica hey it's this and it's deeper than that that's also part of like what i'm working on with my platform is the education of cannabis because there's so many misconceptions and myths and so much false information floating around that you know a lot of people kind of don't really know what i feel like they should know if they are a consumer so my answer to that, like I said, would not be strains. It would be do her research on terpenes. And from there, she can look up, you know, if she gets a certain strain, she could look up, okay, what terpenes are in this? And then that kind of helps you see, like, what effects you should, uh, you know, expect. But again, like I said before, it varies person to person, your environment, your, you know, time of use like how long you've been consuming if you ate that day matters like all type of things go into like you know the the effect that you do feel from cannabis okay because that because you know a lot of people um like this platform is like to raise awareness for mental health as well so you know i think that you know cannabis is a great way to help with that as well absolutely and, and also, like, I don't, you know, a lot of people think, like, oh, you're a grower, so y'all just smoke all day. And it's like, I don't even, it's not about, like, just consuming flour, you know. There are products such as, like, topicals, so, like, pain creams and, you know, other things that are, like, you don't even ingest that can help you as well. So, like, um, a good friend of mine has a brand, and there's a, a pain cream that, he has that I, I gave to my mother and she's a trainer. So, you know, after she work out, before she work out, she, she uses it, but she doesn't 
consume. She's just using it for pain on her knees or inflammation and all that, but she doesn't have to, you know, be a smoker to get the benefits of the plants. And that's another thing I'm trying to, and well, excuse me, I'm going to help people, you know, understand and realize because it's not just, you know, bong rips and joints and stuff like that. There are bath bombs, there are drops, there's lotions, creams, there's all all type of products that come from cannabis that can pretty much benefit, you know, anybody. Um, it doesn't have to be smoked or ingested as an edible. So, you know, that's something else I'd like to, I just wanted to touch base on as well, too. Yeah, because that's very important because a lot of people aren't smokers. Exactly. And a lot of people aren't smokers. So I think that's great because, like I said, some people might be going through things, pains in their bodies, and they just want to get it alleviated. And when they think about cannabis, all they might be thinking about is smoking. Exactly. And a lot of times it is. A lot of times that is what they're thinking. Um, I used to work at a what is called a dispensary. So it's basically like the store where you buy all your cannabis products. And I dealt with customers as young as 18. And my oldest one was 83 years old, you know? So you have to think of someone from that's 83, if they have been consuming. Also, the, the potency and the flavors and the effects are different now than they were in the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s. So, you know, this plan is like, it's changing. It's changing a lot. Like people are finding new ways to grow it, uh, other ways to, you know, use it as medicine. So when it comes down to it, knowing it in all forms is is the best way, you know, to use it. If you only know that you can just kind of roll it up and that's it. I mean, you're, you know, there's a lot of benefits beyond, like we said, smoking that could really help out just about anybody. It's just getting that information and education out to people. Yeah, because, you know, as I was doing my research on what questions to ask you, you know, I was just thinking about like, you know, basically it's like like a big garden. You understand? It's like a big garden. And I was just so interested in like, you know, the different soils that you might use and the different lights and, you know, <laughs> I was just, you know, just interested in all of that because, okay. yeah, you no. Know? Okay, so, um. I have experience with a few different, they, uh, what you would call your medium. So what you grow in. Um, so you have your soilless mediums where you don't use soil. So some people grow just in straight water. Um, mm -hmm. It's known as aeroponics. We do that for um, our nursery. So to grow our clones, we use aeroponics. It's just water spraying the stems for 10 days and then they pop roots. Like it's just a natural, you know, reaction to them getting misted with water for the extended amount of time. Um, I also have grown in a medium known as rock wool. That's my preferred medium. Uh, rock wool is basically just spun rock. So it looks like rock cotton candy, kind of like, um, think of like insulation um, that you would see in like an attic. It's basically like that, but compacted into a certain size. So I love growing in rock wool as well. Um, only issue is that it does, you know, well, not issue, but only thing is it dries out a little bit sooner. So if you use rock wool, like it is a little more advanced, you have to kind of be on top of everything and, you know, know how to water properly and all that good stuff. Um, currently, I am doing cocoa, um, which is coconut core. So the inside of a coconut husk. 
Um, and we use that. That would also be considered like soilless because it's not soil. It comes from the inside of like coconut shells. Um, so I've like I've enjoyed growing in that as well because it actually retains probably the most water for sure. So it's a little more forgiving than like the rock wool would be. Um, as far as lights go, in my past experience, I've used what are called HPS, which stands for high powered sodium lights. Those are probably the most popular in the uh, cannabis industry, but because they produce so much heat and consume so much energy, a lot of people in the industry are shifting um, over to what are called LEDs. So LEDs can be a lot closer to your plant. Um, They give off like a higher intensity, um, less heat, a lot less heat, and probably about half the electric consumption. So, you know, there, there's a bunch of different lights. There's CMHs, ceramic metal highlights, there's uh, T5s. I mean, there's all kind of lights. Uh, preference is more so what, what it comes down to. Um, and like I said, we're, we use all LEDs. That's all I use right now um, is LEDs. But in the past, I have had the chance to use the HPS lights. Um, and like I said, they just, you know, a lot more heat, a lot more work on your ACs and your fans and your other factors. And then your climate is a huge, you know, especially cultivating indoors, like you're able to control your climate, your wind, your okay. life, you know, whereas yeah. when you grow outdoors, which I will never do again. Um, <laughs> I lived in the desert and we had a windstorm about 40 miles an hour, man. It blew my plants across my backyard. This is like four years ago when I, um, I lived in the desert. So... Growing outside was a little harder, um, but as far as like, you know, my preferred methods is definitely cultivating inside, uh, cultivating with rock wool. And then as far as strain selection, that always goes off how how long my rooms run. So if your room is eight weeks, if nine weeks, 10 weeks, whatever, that's how long it takes for your plant to finish. So I like to cultivate strains that'll be done in, in about nine weeks, anywhere from nine week eight to ten really because if it's not if it finishes in nine it's around that time frame um as far as nutrients um we use a brand called athena um and i basically have to hand mix the nutrients myself and then add them to my reservoir which goes directly to the garden and you know feeds the plants we don't hand water everything's automated like i have an app on my phone i could literally send water to my garden right now even though I'm not there um so yeah my my preferred equipment is really stuff that helps like make our process easier my goal is always like increasing the efficiency but decreasing labor as much as possible without losing like you know quality um yeah so like um what about pest control so uh I'm big on organic Okay, so we use all organic pesticides if we are to use them. And we also use what are known as biologicals, which are like I'm, um, I have one company I go through called Copert and they breed um, biologicals. So all they do is breed bugs that will that you can put into gardens that won't eat uh, the product of the garden they're in. So say, you know, we have um we had a problem with a certain bug that may eat our plants, we would call Copert and they ship us some bugs that will eat those bugs. And okay. once 
they clear out all the bad bugs, those other ones, they basically die off because they have nothing else to eat. They they run away, they die, and that's kind of the end of their life. So we either use very organic sprays and only in the beginning, like before the flowers even come in, that way none of the buds are tasting like sprays or anything, or we use the biologicals. Um, we don't use any type of what's known in the industry, PGRs, so plant um, growth regulators. They make your buds come out all hard, looking like rocks and all weird. We don't use anything that, you know, would ruin the final product, anything harmful for congestion. Remember, we're you know, this is medicine. So we're, we're keeping this plant and product as clean as possible. And my thing is, I always say, like, I would, you know, I would never use something on my garden or grow something like I wouldn't have given to my grandmother, you know. So that's like my mindset as far as like, you know, the pesticides and sprays and things like that. Very, very minimal. Um, You can avoid having to use all that stuff if your climate and your environment is right. You know, you're not. Yeah, you're not bringing in plants from random people. Your climate's not too hot where you're getting like mold. There's a whole bunch of other things you can do before then to even prevent having to use a bunch of, you know, sprays and pesticides on your garden. So I'm pretty, yeah, I'm really big on that. Um, I've trained my team on, you know, how to spray, what days we spray, what we spray, why we do it, how much you have to spray. The room has to be at a certain temperature when you spray or you could burn the plants. I mean, it's, you know, we have it super mapped out and it's been working really well for us. Um, also because, you know, the, when it's medical it's re and recreational in each state, it's regulated. So um, basically legal states um, that are, you know, 21 and up to purchase, um, everything has to go to a lab. So they go to a lab and test it for mold, pesticides, heavy metals, um, toxins and mercury and all kinds of stuff. Because again, people are using this as a medicine, they're smoking it, they're consuming it. So, you know, we're, we're really, uh, yeah, that's like a responsibility that every cultivator has and not just cannabis. I mean, agriculture all around, you know, is to yeah. make sure you're using healthy and safe tactics that because the end result does go into somebody's body. Okay. So what I, what I um, gather from what you're saying is, you know, you prefer um, growing um, your cannabis in indoors because you're basically able to control the environment. Correct. You're recreating, you know, the outside, like the lights are your sun, the fans are your wind, you know? So, and then you have your medium that you're growing in and then the water is coming from your automatic, you know, tank, like reservoir that you set up. So yeah, we're recreating the plant being outside basically, but inside. So we're able to control certain factors more you know um both sides have their pros and cons at least outside you know the sun is free we're inside you're using a bunch of electricity so each you know people have their preference each side has their pros and cons but i definitely prefer indoor yeah i could see why i would prefer indoor too because you're able to control everything in there like you know outdoor you i mean is not you're really not able to really control what was happening yeah, so, like if it's snowing, I can still go. If if it's snowing yeah. outside, you know, someone else may have to crank up their heat, close something down, build an extra wall. Like we don't have to worry about that, you know, because we're inside already. Okay. <laughs> Tell the people what you got going on. Tell the people what you what's coming up was coming up with you. Like 
What you got okay. going on? Um, I, yeah, so basically I have, um, I've been working for, I don't have an exact release date yet just because it's still in the works, but um, I have been working on my own rolling papers. Um, my being, my name's Jerry. I'm in the marijuana industry. My brand is called Jerawana. So um, I have my own king size rolling papers coming out. They include filters because I, if you know me, I put a filter in everything, a blunt, a joint, a mini joint, whatever, a giant joint, whatever it is, I always put that tip in the end. That way I don't have any roaches left. I, you know, smoke it all the way down. There is no roaches. There is no going back to it later. So um, I have those coming out. Along with that, uh, I'm making merch for the brand. So, you know, um, I have these cannabis pillows, rugs, I have keychains. I'm working on some do-rags. Um, I'm trying to schedule a tour, like working on a, a tour to do pop-ups for Jerawana around, you know, North Carolina. And then from there, you know, across the U.S. Um, let's see what else I got. Um, I've also been... Um, this is something that'll be a little bit later down the line just because of how long it takes. But I have been studying more on the side of breeding to start creating my own strains and just, you know, doing my research and talking to who I need to to understand how that all works and everything, um, what I'll need for it when the time comes. Um, let's see. I also have dedicated to my grandmother in the works of Vaughn's Garden, which will be like we discussed earlier. Everyone doesn't smoke. So that'll be a line of products that are more like topicals, you know, pain creams, like on your skin um, type of products, chapstick, candles, things like that. So wellness products. Um, and I've also been working on tattoo modeling. I'm covered in tattoos. You know, I have a look that's not what people would call traditional or conservative. I really don't care about all that. You know, Dang. I'm just myself. I always have been. So. You know, um, I've recently went to like a model call and I've been working on like modeling, tattoo modeling, um, just networking, trying to meet people, you know, get myself out there, uh, get my brand out there. One thing is like, you know, first off, I'm in a very male dominated industry. Um, and when I say very, I mean very. Usually the women of the cannabis industry are, you know, the ones doing the paperwork or the, you know, the accounting people. Um, the lady making the edibles and stuff like that. Nine times out of 10, if you go to a, um, a farm or something, you're going to mainly see males for the most part. There may be one woman squeezed in there somewhere, but it, it's a very male dominated industry. So my, you know, one of my goals is also just to kind of push, you know, women in this industry as well, because I have met, um, plenty of people who are, you know, they're dominating or they're the face behind these big brands and big names. And it's a woman, but you wouldn't know that because they have a lot of men on the posters or in the forefront or at the news meetings or whatever it is. So um, that's one of my other goals as well. Um, I'm working on, uh, I wouldn't call it a school, but basically just like an educational um, platform where, you know, I will go more in depth about, um the industry, you know, plant anatomy, like, you know, what, how, like when you're looking at a plant, you know, there's different parts to it. It's not just, you know, buds or whatever. So, you know, teaching people that teaching, um, not teaching how to cultivate more so given 
insight to like my experience i've i don't feel like i can teach someone how to grow like that's something you have to kind of learn like hands on like i did you know um started out with my little one tent in the closet moved up to like a 30 you know thousand square foot warehouse within like years um just because you know staying consistent um networking moving around and things like that so um yeah anything that i do i'm trying to basically promote you know myself and my brand and then also like I said women in the industry who are also contributing to you know this cannabis industry but they don't get uh, my lighter they don't get um too much I guess recognition for it um I think that's really dope I think it's really dope what you're doing um you're going to continue being great. Like, you could come to this platform anytime, anytime. Um, I want to support your brand, uh, whatever you need me to do, I will I will do it because this is just amazing. You being a woman, you standing in your own lane, doing your own thing, like, that's big energy, man. That's big energy, and I'm proud of you. I'm really proud of you. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. Means a lot because, like I said, you know, I've been doing this since I was um, nineteen. You know, um, well, I've been on this mission since I was nineteen, but it didn't actually pop off until I was like twenty-seven, twenty-eight years old. So, pretty much, it just all stemmed from, like I said, getting introduced to it between my homie and my grandmother and all that. But just staying consistent because. You know, as you know, North Carolina isn't really, they're not cannabis, I'm not going to say they're not cannabis friendly, but, you know, we're not super advanced as far as the cannabis industry go. That's why I left North Carolina. I moved to um, what they call the Inland Empire in California, and that's where, you know, I get all my knowledge and learned everything and connected and network. That's where I found the person to make uh, my rolling papers. That's where you know, I've learned all these uh, techniques for cultivation. That's where I've learned, you know, pretty much everything that I've kind of been guided to study and look into and things like that all started basically, you know, because I decided to pack up my 2010 Mustang, hop on I-40 West and drive for four days straight until I got to California. You know what I'm saying? I didn't have a plan 100%. I just knew like, hey, I'm about to move out there. I'm gonna find somebody and I'm gonna figure it out, you know. And you yourself, yeah, of course. At the end of the day, I mean, if nobody supports me, I'll support me. I know I always have my family, you know. I have my family, my mom, my sister. So, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I, you know, what makes Jerry happy because there's so many people who I feel like, especially with our generation and our day and age, like I'm 29, there's too many people worried about what everybody else thinks, what this person's doing. What if I try this and I fail? Everyone going to think I'm whack. Everyone going to think I'm a failure. I don't think about stuff like that. I could care less, to be completely honest. I've always been, you know, different growing up. You know, I was, I wouldn't say like an outcast, but just always did my own thing, dressed different. Like, my whole wave just always been different, you know, because that's just who I am as a person. I'm not trying to be nobody. I'm not. I'm not trying to, you know what I'm saying? It's just staying true to yourself. So with me doing that, staying consistent, I remember announcing that, hey, guys, you know, I've enrolled in this these college, um, cannabis college courses, and people thought I was crazy. They're like, what are you talking about? Like, 
that don't exist. You know, that's not possible. That's not real. You're not going to move to Cali. You know, just all kind of stuff. And, like, I I just used it to motivate me. I ain't even going to lie. So, you know, it was just, it's just, yeah, staying true to what you want to do, being consistent, um, and just, like, you know, full full steam ahead. So, like, you with your podcast, you know, it's like you, you got something you want to do, you know, and you're doing it. And that's pretty much, in my opinion, like, the best way to be happy is just, find what you love and just do that don't don't worry about what other people think or say because at the end of the day somebody somewhere gonna still talk about you hate on you you know regardless so um yeah I you know I'm just I'm just out here doing it you know doing everything I want to do just being the person I I really want to be and you know there's nobody or nothing that'll be able to change that that's good. It took me a minute to actually get where I'm at. I'm 38, so I'm older than you. So it took me a minute to actually get where I'm at because I was basically just waiting on everybody else, just waiting on people. I kept adding to everybody else, just uh-huh. putting them out. And uh-huh. you know, I get it. Me every time. <laughs> I get it. Uh, in the past four months, I've probably done more for myself than I have in the past year because I, I did the same thing. I had a realization. I'm like, you know what? I could have been had this done if I wasn't messing with so-and-so. I could have yep. been, you know, went here if this if I ain't wait on this person yep. or listen to when they told me this. They said, let's just wait and do it this day. Like, no, I don't know. No more of that. Move on so- my time. Move, you know, how I want to. And, yeah. And then another thing is, like, I have a lot of people trying to kind of connect with me now, all of a sudden, when it's like, I reached out to you before. You didn't yeah. see the vision then, but now you want to, you know, kind of connect or work together because I've I've expanded or I've advanced my vision more. And, like, I don't need that either. So my yeah. reason in, you know, wanting to come up here was because I, I see you're doing the same thing. You figured, you know, found something you enjoy that you really want to do and put your time into. And... I respect that because I come from, like I said, the same thing. I don't feel like age matters, in my opinion. Um, I heard you say you were 38. You know, some people, some of the greats didn't start till they were 60, 70, you know. And before they actually, I think the founder of KFC was like in his 50s or 60s or something when that finally launched, you know. So it's like it don't, a lot of people in my generation think, oh, man, I'm 21 and I haven't done this yet. I'm, I'm behind or I just turned 30 and I'm not married yet. Or, you know, it's like people live on a timeline. Um, yes. If I'm not, if this ain't done by this age, then I'm this. And I definitely don't live like that. I'm like, hey, I'm 29. I'm in my prime. I'm plenty fine. Like, I'm about to be 30. You know, I'm I'm just going to keep working until I can't no more. Because you can't really, I feel like that's something that restricts people from doing what they want to do. Like, oh, well, I'm 25. I missed my window. And then they, they quit. Or they try to go and do something else instead of staying consistent with the one thing they were already doing. So. Yeah, so that's, that's why that's March the 9th. March the 9th, that I was like, listen, I wasn't going to wait on nobody else. I'm like, listen, I'm going to start this Why Not Us podcast and I'm going forward and I've just been going hard ever since. You know, I've just been going hard, believing in my vision, continue. Um, speaking life over everything that I want to happen, you know, having the right people around me. I'm just trying to build my own team, you know? So yeah, I do. Trust me, I do. 
Uh, to touch back kind of back what I was saying a little bit earlier, like how this was a male-dominated industry, when I got that job in California, I was only female for six months. But I'm grateful for that because being around so many men, I knew I had to go 10 times harder to be heard or seen or for my ideas to make it, you know, to the whiteboard. You know, everybody ideas on the table, but who idea going to move forward? I had to really like kick the door down, like, I mean, tear it down to really get to my spot. So because of that, you know, I can't let anybody else come and sway me away from that. Like you said, you was waiting on people. You was trying to partner with people. And don't get me wrong, working with people is a good thing. You know, that's how you can expand your network. But like you said, work waiting on the wrong folks or waiting too long, you might, you be done missed out, you know, went a year or two waiting. And when you could have been working and being consistent for that whole year or two. So, you know, congrats to you for finally saying, you know what, I'm done waiting. I'm, I'm about to just do it, whether they support me or not, whatever. Like, I'm just going to do it. And I think that's that's the biggest thing is just starting, honestly. Because once you start and then you start to see progress, that's what's going to keep your momentum. That's what keeps you going. But I feel like really it's just get your idea or what you want to do and then start. And then my biggest advice to anybody, any t like ever at all time, when people always like, if you could give it one piece of advice to anybody, what would it be? Find what you love and figure out how to make that, like your make your living off of that. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, some people are cool with corporate jobs or working nine to fives and just staying at that. That's okay. Those people can do that. But for the people who go to work and sit in the parking lot for 20 minutes debating if they're going to go clock in or not, that was me. I did that. Working Walmart and all these jobs I didn't want to be at, you know? And so I finally was like, you know what? Like, I'm not going to keep doing this to myself. I'm just going to go ahead, pack my car, just jump out there. If it don't work, I can always move back, which I had to do the first time. It did not work out. I was in Cali three months. I had to come back. <laughs> it didn't work out. But I went back three years later and look where it got me now. What if I would have gave up that first time and never tried again? We wouldn't be talking right now. Thanks. I love that energy. I love that energy, Jerry. Let them know. Like I said, <laughs> you, you've been a woman in this business. Like I'm a woman. I'm a woman of color. I'm a woman of the LGBT community. There's, a, there's, plenty, there's plenty of factors that work against me, but I use those to motivate me and push me further. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I seen something on the news two weeks ago. They said 2% of the farmers in North Carolina are farmers, are black farmers. 2%. Wow. When, like I told you earlier, my grandma and my granddad had gardens. You know, our grandparents did stuff like that. But now, in these days and age, like this age now, like only 2% of the farmers in our state are farmers of color. You know, and it's just like, that's something I don't feel like in, I feel like everyone should know how to like grow their own food, grow their own plants, plants is medicine, but I'm not going to go too deep down that rabbit hole. I could, I could go about that all day. That's one of my goals uh, long-term when I buy a house is to, you know, build some raised beds in the back and have my own vegetables and fruits and stuff, just like my grandparents did when I was growing up. That's dope though. Would you ever be interested in like teaching? Um, Doing like workshops and different things like that, teaching people how to, you know, be able to grow different things like plants. I mean, you know, different vegetables and stuff like that. Like, man, I would love to come to one of your classes. 
for sure. Uh, my goal is, you know, obviously, like I said, my backyard just for me to eat. But once North Carolina opens up their laws and makes it where, you know, you're not going people are not still going to jail over this plant and getting these charges and having their life ruined and hit with felonies and all that kind of BS. Uh, I would be more, you know, more than happy. Like, I feel like that would be an honor to pass on some knowledge like that to people because that's priceless. Teaching somebody how to grow their own food. Like, and I eat pretty healthy. So I eat green beans, squash, zucchini, you know, broccoli. Like I eat a lot of vegetables with, uh, my food choices so teaching someone how to do that you know and and then going back to what you were asking me earlier as far as pest control and pesticides you will know what's been sprayed on it before you eat it because you grew it whereas when you go to the stores you don't really know i mean you don't know like what's going into anything that you get from elsewhere so that's another reason that i want to you know go into growing my own stuff. And I want to say that is low-key a small reason I started cultivating, too, is I wanted to, you know, it's like I want to make sure superb quality all the time, make sure the taste is there, it smells good, it was treated right, It, you know, the end result is, like, as best as it can be. So so you're just putting your love into it, you're putting your all into it, and, you know, your grandmother really helped you you know, start you where you at, you know, like just seeing your grandma, you know, hitting the, you know, smoking with you and you seeing her feeling better and getting up. So, you know, that's, that's amazing in itself. You know, she's still here with you, you know. Now, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Especially like when I'm in the garden by myself and stuff, like, you know, I think about it a lot. Like I do wish that I would have been able to physically like, you know, take her to, uh, the facility to show her and kind of let her see like, you know, this all stemmed from you, you know, but, um, but I, I do have, you know, my family who, I mean, they're huge supporters of what I have going on. Like my mom, my mom tells me all the time how she's proud of me. And like, let me, I mean, I'll give you a little bit of like my background from cultivating because it wasn't always this easy. You know, like I said, I did the classes. I was going back and forth to Cali. I was networking, you know, uh, I got scammed a couple times from people like, oh, yeah, I can hook you up with a, a job or I can do this. And it turned out to be nothing. You know, that happened. Um, I have been arrested. Like, I'm, you know, we here to talk about it all. So, like, I've been arrested um, before. Um, I've, you know, I, I've been robbed by people who I thought were friends. You know, like, just all kind of stuff has happened, you know, during the process of me trying to get to this point. So uh, what I'm also really excited about, I don't have a release date yet because it's still in the works, but I'm working on a documentary that's going to actually show, you know, the day in the life of me as a cultivator. Because a lot of people think you just kind of go, you hit a plant with some water and pow, you have this amazing product and that's not how it works. There's a lot of labor that goes into this. I work 12 hour shifts pretty much three, four days, five days a week, sometimes 10 to 12 hour shifts, you know, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., 7.30 to 5, like every single day. I'm working day, you know, from the time that the lights in the garden come on to the lights go off because it really, that's what it takes. I go home, I'm on my computer, I'm doing more research, I'm crunching numbers, I'm looking at my data, 
you know, I'm measuring stuff about plants and putting them in the charts to figure out, okay, well, this plant did this on this day. Why didn't this one do it? You know, there's a lot of science and like, you know, it's deep. It's a lot deeper than people know. So I'm working on a documentary. All I'll give you right now is the name. Um, Green is the new black. And that's because, like I mentioned, that, um, you know, I am a woman of color, I'm a cultivator, and I want, I'm, I'm pushing that because that's rare. You don't see that. A lot of these brands that are out there, the people that you see, and no shame to any of them, you know, shout out to everyone who's being successful in this industry. But the people who own these brands, they aren't the ones working those farms. They're hiring some people, paying them a little paycheck, and they're the ones cashing out. The difference with me is... I own the brand and stuff, but I'm also hands-on with it every single day. I'm not just like, here, I'm going to pay you and y'all going to grow it. And I'm just going to, you know, reap all the benefits and be the face of it. I've never been that way and I never will be. Like, I'm always going to be hands-on in, in any garden that I'm part of or anything. Because, I mean, I want things done the right way with care, with love. Like I said, keeping it clean, keeping it organic. So the only way to do that is to, you know, physically be there and know that that's happening. Um, but the documentary will be, you know, a few episodes basically showing me, showing my team. Uh, we'll go over, you know, some of our genetics, some of the goals for the for the project. Um, you'll see some of my products. Um, I'll kind of give go more in depth about like how I train the plants, uh, how I do uh, shaping and sculpting the plants a certain way to get a certain result. I'll go into some of the science and the data that I collect and that I've learned and methods and techniques and things like that. So you'll get more of a visual of, you know, okay, what is cultivation? Cause a lot of people are like, man, I didn't realize all this goes into it before, you know, you get to the buds. Like yeah. that's because there is nothing to show that, you know, it's all just photos of jars or a photo of a garden, but you don't actually see what happened before that. It's about a three to four month process and people don't know it takes that long to get buds. Like it takes about three to four months from the time you start with a strain to the time that it's smokable or usable. So I'll be able to kind of give a, um, you know, more insight and a visual on how all that actually works. So that's something else I'm, uh, I'm actually really looking forward to. Um, I wanted to make sure I mentioned that before, uh, you know, before we got off. So that's something else um, that they, you know, everyone can keep in mind is that I'll have, the documentary green is the new black coming out. Um, and then honestly, I'd, I'd be down to, you know, kind of touch base with you again after that kind of airs, after my brand has launched and kind of circle back around about how everything's going. Um, yeah, I was about to say that. I promise you. I was about to say, <laughs> great, great minds think alike, they say. Because yes, I was about to say that I would like to, you know what I'm saying? Keep in contact, you know, to let to see how everything's going. Like I said, I, I, I'm going to be supporting your brand. Like I want to buy Jerry Wanda cones or whatever. I want to support you. <laughs> I appreciate like, it. I want to, like, instead of buying raw cones, I want to get what you got so I could, you know, spend with you and, you know, I, I like that. And then, see, another thing about it is, like, I didn't just go online, find somebody who makes papers and they slap my name on it. I actually have spent the past year FaceTime and talking to the owner of the company. Like we've built a full on relationship. This is someone he's been texting me. Hey, good morning. How are you? This is what the team sent me today. Like it, this is a full, I actually started working on this ironically 420 of last year. 
because I was hired for an event where uh, I basically from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. I was given four ounces of what was it, ice cream cake. And I just rolled up joints and blunts all day for people. And if they walked past me, I had to just hand them out. I probably rolled like 200 plus blunts and joints or something crazy that day. Um, wow. Yeah. For, and my, shout out my sister. She was there uh, <laughs> breaking shout it all out. down for me. <laughs> um, this was in California um, with my, my previous um, team. Um, they, yeah, they, there was some, and that's another thing, man. There's so much to come of this industry. Um, I got to, you know, like I said, Californians, California was the first state to go forward with this. So they are a lot more advanced with like their events and what they have available. But, you know, there's cannabis lounges. You can go in, there's easels, there's people playing games, someone's playing checkers in the other corner and everyone then is just smoking, consuming, talking and just vibing. And it's just like a safe place you can go, you know, say if your apartment complex doesn't allow it, you can go to this little place, buy a eighth or make a donation to the place and basically you can go in they got video games they got like i said art cars there's a garden out back if you want to go chill in the garden there's like yoga you know every tuesday at eight or you know what i'm saying like that you know cannabis consumption lounge um there's also uh <coughs> excuse me restaurants that may you know consumption restaurants um food infusion some people do farm tours where they'll pick you up on a bus and you get to go tour a farm for an hour and then try the products um i mean there there's just so much stuff like there's just so much that comes from this because at the end of the day all the people who are coming to these places and events are coming for one thing and it's for cannabis so you see all types of like i said age 18 to 83 is what i dealt with before you see all types of people personalities different races backgrounds different stories and that's also like one of my favorite things about what I do you know it's like the late nights early mornings my back hurts like 85 percent of the day even though I'm only 29 like my body's always sore and you know from all the slaving and the hard work but at the end of the day when someone's like oh man my back you know my my headache is better because it is or I remember a guy one time he's like my girlfriend's gained 10 pounds since, you know, we started using the flowers that you guys recommend. You know, she hasn't been able to gain weight. Her appetite was this, like, though, you know, that's what like keeps me going and what I do and like make me really want to be like the best at what I do and go hard. And like, you know, in my position, like, I feel like a lot of people depend on us as cultivators um, and farmers. Like I said earlier, it's not just cannabis. I mean, think about all the food we eat. It's someone's growing it on a farm somewhere. Farming's not easy. Cultivation is not easy. So I appreciate, you know, the chance to kind of speak out on it a little bit. But like I said, I feel like, one, you know, uh, people need a visual. I want to show people like, look, this is really what it is and kind of let people see like, man, you know, respect to farmers and growers. Because, I mean, think about farmers who are outside on the farm all day with the sun beaming over them, you know. So, yeah. it's like, yeah, so you know, there's a lot that really goes into this. So, you know, again, I, I'm I'm super grateful that, you know, when you reached out and you're like, hey, uh, I want to interview on, you on the podcast about that. I'm like, oh, man, you know, that's an honor. And to be um, to clarify for you, this technically is what you would consider your first podcast when it's a podcast about cannabis. It's a podcast. 
Facts. So, Facts. <laughs> so <laughs> I appreciate being your first podcast interview, um, and being able to, you know, kind of expand on on my endeavors and what I'm working on. I mean, that's just like the tip of the iceberg. It's fresh. I just started all this, really getting it pushed forward. So, you know, the the rest of this year and all the next year, I mean this energy times a hundred, you know, like I'm, I'm going full speed ahead. I'm not letting anybody get in the way of that. And I'm just looking forward to, you know, new opportunities, being able to network with people and just, you know, getting my brand and, and everything off the ground. Like, uh, I, I really do appreciate you letting me share all that with everybody and your listeners. And, um, that's, you know, that's pretty much all I have unless you uh, had any more questions. Yeah. Listen, um, whenever you have anything like promotions or whatever you want to get on the platform and let people know what's going on, you just hit me up. If you need a video made, because I do little videos, you hit me up. I got you. I got yeah, you. We locked in. We're going we're gonna network. Bruh. This is like, yeah, this is we locked in my official pod, podcast. You know, this this is the platform I would love to return to. Just because I'm the type of person I like to continue with who I started with. Like, I'm not, I don't need to find five other people with a podcast to, like, why do I, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I would like to lock in with the people I start with and we go to the top together, you know? Yeah, that that's the, that's more of what I like to do. So, yeah, that's my first that's what I like too, bro. That's what I like too, bro. I like that too. So, so. Um, Thank I will you. shout out. Um, I will do a shout out real quick if I can. My social okay. media. Uh, well, first shout out to my team. All you know. Um, shout out my homies in Cali, my people of North Carolina. I have people all over who have just supported me like tremendously. You know, not just in this, but you know, times that I was hard on myself or wasn't continuing, they kind of like, hey man, you know, you still working on this or are you gonna do that? Kind of you know keeping me going. Like I said, my mom, super supportive, my sister, my my family, you know, all my homies. Um, rest in peace, my homie Dylan. He didn't get to see all this stuff, but I, I know bro would be so crazy proud of me because we talked about this like crazy. Uh, same with my boy John, rest in peace to him. Rest in peace to my grandmothers um, for getting me, you know, put into this position because she helped me see that this plant can really help people. And I haven't thought of anything since then. Um, my boy Mikey and Jacob, appreciate you guys for always being there when I have questions, dropping knowledge, you know, just always being there to help. Um, and just anybody else, you know, I, I really could thank a thousand people. So I'm going to just kind of sum it up. But anyone else who has really supported me and helped me on my journey. And also thank you to the people that doubted me because <laughs> that helped me go harder too. You know, people saying that you can't do that or that's not possible is is why it's possible. So, you know, thank you to everybody just in my circle, out my circle. Appreciate the support, the hate, all of it is motivation at the end of the day. And again, shout out to KJ and the Why Not Us podcast for having me and giving me an opportunity as a LGBT woman of color to promote what I have going on and what I'm trying to, you know, do with other women and people in this industry. So thank you again. Thank you for coming to Why Not Us podcast. And I can't wait till you come up here the next time. So peace and blessings to everybody. Thank you again. Thank you.